morning and welcome once again. It's Alger Assembly of God. It is still the What If message series. Now, how many of you, in your, in your reading through the Word of God, how many of you have been a little bit more aware of that gigantic little word, if? Anybody found a few more as you've been reading? We, we trust your reading on a regular basis, whether that's Old Testament, New Testament. That word, if, comes up a lot. And we've been looking at uh, a number of those if scriptures. What would happen if we lived out some of these principles according to God's word? What could we become? What could we do or be for the cause of Christ? We looked at what would happen if we were truly spirit-led? What would happen if we forgave others as God forgave us? What would happen if we handled our resources and finances God's way? What would happen if we faced trials and hardships and difficulties? What would happen if we lived as salt, the salt of the earth that Jesus talked about? And last week, we looked at what would happen if God healed our nation. We looked at 2 Chronicles 7.14, where we read, If my people who are called by my name, and we went through that entire passage, that entire verse, and, and just looked phrase by phrase and topic by topic, if we would do these things, God has promised to be found faithful. So this morning, the question we ask is this, what if we believed all things are possible? Now, we, we live in a state with that as the motto, all things are possible, and it's a scripture from the Word of God. I'm going to invite you to Mark chapter 9. We'll get there in, in just a little bit, digging into uh, some of this scripture. We'll be reading a decent portion of it. The beginning of Mark chapter 9, what we see is Peter, James, and John, three of those close disciples, were with Jesus on the transfiguration. As, as uh, Jesus was glowing and shining, they were interacting with Moses and Elijah a powerful time that they were spending with Jesus on the mountainside, away from the other disciples. As we get into our text about the middle of this chapter, no doubt they'd, they'd enjoyed some time away, some time alone with the Lord Jesus Christ. They were witnessing this powerful transfiguration. And now they come back from this small group and they meet throngs of people in somewhat of a conflict. So we pick up the story, Mark chapter 9, verse 14. It says, And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. So these three disciples left the small crowd. It was Jesus Peter, James, and John, and they were interacting with Moses and Elijah on this transfiguration, how they come and see a great multitude, and then there's a conflict. Some scribes, some of the religious leaders here, were arguing or disputing with them, some of these other disciples. Now, when Christ shows up, certainly the disciples are there, Peter, James, and John, but verse 15 says, immediately when they, this crowd of people, saw him, Jesus, all the people were greatly amazed, and running to him, greeted him. 
Now, in your Bible there, if yours says immediately, you can highlight that, underline that, circle that. That, is, that tends to be the word of choice for Mark, and, and typically in a number of these translations, immediately is mentioned. King James, I'm reading from New King James this morning. Uh, there's a number of scriptures where as you're reading through Mark, Mark is the shortest gospel. Matthew and Luke and John, there's more chapters, there's more verses. Mark is a shorter gospel written about the life of Jesus Christ, and it's, it's more, more shortened to the point. There's, there's none of the, uh, the introductory there. We don't have any of the uh, birth story in the gospel of Mark or any of the genealogy there in the gospel of Mark. He just jumps right into it. And so in many, many different places, you will see this word immediately. There's action taking place. So immediately when the people saw Jesus, they were amazed, they ran to him, and they greeted him. Verse 16, Jesus asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Can you imagine uh, what's going through the, the life and the mind and the heart of a father with a child, this son, that this is how he's experiencing life? This evil spirit that just throws him and thrashes him to the ground as he foams at the mouth. And so he brings his son to the disciples. Remember, Peter, James, and John, sort of that inner circle with Jesus, they were away on this mountain for transfiguration. They are coming back. That that means that the other nine disciples were there. The father brings his son, brings him to these disciples who represent who? Jesus. And they were not able to to do anything. They were not able to to cast this spirit out there. There was nothing that could take place. Now, earlier in the Gospels, we see Jesus giving authority to them over the evil spirits and giving them the authority and the power to heal. And and he had sent them out. Remember, he sent the, the 70 out two by two. And so perhaps they had already done some of that. Perhaps they had healed or perhaps they had prayed or perhaps they had been used in a mighty way as they were sent out. But here, the Father brings him and these disciples, nothing was happening. Nothing was taking place. Maybe they they felt discouraged or disappointed by that. Verse 23 in chapter 9 gives us the if verse. We're going to drop down to that, and then we'll fill in some of the gaps. Mark 9, 23, Jesus speaks to him, which is the Father. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, the Gospel of Matthew also records this uh, uh, occurrence. A little bit of different uh, slant, a little bit of a, a different wording of this event. So we're going to put that on the screen as well. Matthew 17, 20, we read another if scripture. He says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Wow. 
What if we truly lived and believed and interacted as if nothing was impossible, as if everything was possible in the power of God? Both Matthew and Mark share this if scripture. Now, the disciples representing Jesus, the disciples being uh, part of his team and his ministry, the Father said, we brought this, this son to them. They weren't able to do anything about it. Now, perhaps, maybe the Father came to Jesus. Maybe he had some doubt in his mind. I mean, if they represent you and they couldn't do anything, boy, I'm I'm wondering whether you can. But he's coming to Jesus. He's asking some very sincere and open and honest questions. And he certainly is wanting his son healed. Well, maybe that does not describe you this morning, this specific situation, but I would venture to say there are a lot of needs in this congregation. There's a lot of needs in our community, in our area, Uh, those that might listen to this later on online. We know that people come with needs. What if we truly believed that God was able to meet that need? that God was able to heal, that God was able to provide, that God was able to step into whatever that situation is and take care of it. This this father was, was hoping to find out. What if we believed all things are possible? What might that look like? How might we live? Number one, we would bring our needs to Jesus Mark chapter 9, verses 19 and 20, as we continue the details of the story, he answered him, this is Jesus speaking, and he said, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him, meaning the son, bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. As you're reading, you're seeing he's and him's, and so they brought the son to Jesus. And when he saw him, he, meaning the Son, or he, meaning the Spirit in the Son, saw him, meaning Jesus, immediately the Spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. There was an immediate reaction here. When we bring our needs to Jesus, we understand who he is. He's the one able to meet those needs. Even the spirits, even the evil spirit at work in this boy understood who Jesus is. Immediately, the spirit convulsed him. He fell and, and wallowed and foaming at the mouth. A lot of needs represented whether yours is physical, financial, emotional, relational, spiritual, a combination of those, whatever it is that you've brought in with you this morning, whatever it is that's, that's maybe it's just been on your plate for days and weeks and months and perhaps longer, be assured that we are to and able to bring our needs to Jesus. Ultimately, that's what this father did. First, he brought the son to the disciples who represented Jesus. And he came to Jesus Christ himself. Whatever the need might be in your life, 
that first thing and best thing is to bring that need to Jesus Christ. Now, that's not discounting the fact that there are certainly other individuals who have access and other individuals with some wisdom. Uh, certainly, if it's physical-related issues, doctors are wise things to consult. But let's not leave out the Lord. Let's not do everything else. And then as a last resort, oh yeah, let's take this to God. Let's make sure certainly that, that there is wisdom taking place, but don't neglect God. Don't neglect bringing our needs to Him. Sometimes it's, it's as if it's that last resort. Well, I guess I've tried everything else. I've examined everything I know to do, and He knows to, what to do and what she knows to do. I guess we'll go to God. Let's make sure our first and, and most important opportunity is bringing our needs to the Lord. He knows about you. He knows about those needs. He loves and cares. We are able to bring our needs to Jesus. Secondly, as we bring our needs to Jesus, let's focus on His power. Verse 21 and 2, He asked His Father, Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has this been happening to him? And He said, From childhood. And often He is thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. How challenging, how disheartening for a father to see his child from childhood thrown into the fire, thrown into the water. Did you catch that phrase? To destroy him. Doesn't that describe the enemy? He said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly, right? The enemy, he's here to, to steal and to kill and to destroy. So all of this has taken place in this boy's life from childhood the energy taking place, the investment taking place of this father, and nothing was helping, nothing was healing the child. So he brings him to Jesus, and now he's trying to, he's saying, Jesus, if you've got some mercy, if you've got some compassion, if you've got some healing power, help. Maybe your situation, wherever you might be, that, that simple phrase, Jesus, Help me describes where you're at. Help me. Heal me. God, provide for me. You see what's taken place. It's not like this child. It's not like his situation, perhaps in the word of God. But you see what you've been facing. And you're coming to Jesus, bringing your needs to him, and focusing on his power. We're focusing on what God has, not what we don't. Because that can be the challenge too, right? When it comes to physical healing, we say, but, but I don't know, can this happen? Can that happen? I don't know if this is able to take place. When it comes to finances, we say, well, boy, I, I don't know that I can financially get this, 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 or this done. We're exploring all of our possibilities. And our possibilities and our resources and our wisdom and our connections are, well, they're limited. Rather than focusing on what we don't have, let's focus on Jesus Christ, focus on His power. 
It's not focusing on, well, I, I think if, if I pray a certain way, well, then Jesus is going to answer my prayers. It's not based on my words. It's not based on me saying the magic words that's going to get Jesus to do something. We're focusing on him. We're focusing on his might and his strength and his power, his provision. We're trusting in him. We're focusing on the size of our God, not so much about the size of our faith. Many times individuals will say, well, if you just had bigger faith or more faith or basically what they're saying is it's your fault. If you had more faith, then maybe something would be better. Jesus said, if you've got faith the size of a mustard seed, nothing's impossible. How big is the mustard seed? Is, is the seed this big? I don't have any mustard seeds. Is the seed this big? This big. This big? You just keep saying no until I get to about one twentieth of an inch. One twentieth of an inch is a mustard seed, yet when it's planted, it grows to be about horse and rider height. I mean, it's, it's a full-fledged tree. In the Matthew scripture, he didn't say, if you have faith the size of a mustard tree, he said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. So it's not whether or not our, our faith is big, it's who are we putting our faith in? Who are we focusing on? Is it on me for whether or not my faith is big enough? My trust, my faith, it's not in anything of me. My faith, my trust, my focus is in God and in His power. A little bit later, as, as we conclude the service in prayer, and we're going to invite you to come up. We'll, we'll have our, our board and, and spouses come. We're going to anoint with oil and we're going to pray. It, it's not about, okay, well, I sure hope so-and-so prays for me because maybe if so-and-so prays for me, I'll be healed. It, it's not about whose words, whose prayer, whose touch, whose hand any single one of us are simply vessels that are praying and believing that it is God and His power that's going to do the work. So many times we, we boil this down to everything but God and His power. Well, if only this and if only that. My trust and this man's trust as he's coming to Jesus is, can you do something? Have compassion and help. Maybe that's your prayer in just a moment as we invite you down at the end. God, would you come? Would you help? I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in your healing. I'm going to trust in your provision. I'm going to trust in your power. We're simply taking that, that faith that we have. We're, we're, we're coming to Jesus, and we're bringing that tiny little mustard seed to his hands for his purposes, for his timing, and we're going to trust in his power. One of the commentators said this, big God, small problems. Small God, big problems. Oh, what is your view of God? What are you focused on? So many times we focus on the problem. We get right in front of the problem. Man, it looks massive and God's kind of way in the distance and we think God's pretty small. We're so focused on the problem, so focused on the issue, which certainly can be large and can be overwhelming, 
encouragement is let's bring our needs to Jesus. Let's focus on him, his healing, his provision, the opportunity that he has to step into our situations. Let's focus on him and focus on his power. Nothing is really big in relation to God. Certainly, it's, it's huge to us. There's physical situations that we face that are massive to us. Financial situations that we face, they are massive to us. Relational issues that seem like they will never get resolved, they're massive to us. To us, everything is huge. So we've got to take it to a big God who has the resources, has the healing, has the opportunity to reach into our lives with his power and bring the solution. Bring our needs to Jesus. Focus on his power. Number three, believe that he can answer. Verse 23 and 4, Jesus said to him, Jesus speaks to the Father, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, there's that word again, Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. He's open. He's honest. He's saying, man, I'm, I'm kind of wrestling here. I'm kind of struggling here. Maybe I've got a little bit of doubts. I mean, I, I brought my son to your, your disciples and nothing happened. Uh, you said if, if I trust in you and believe in you and, and believe in your power, Jesus, would you help me? my unbelief. It's a good encouragement, I guess. It's a good assurance for us that maybe we're not alone. Have you ever had some doubts? You ever experienced some fears? You ever wondered, how in the world can we get through this? I mean, I know that God can move, but you kind of throw that, that little three-letter word in. I know God's able to provide, but. I know God can heal, uh, but. He's struggling. Maybe the Father's wrestling with some things, and maybe that describes you as well. Wondering, God, are you able to answer these prayers? Believe that He can answer Bring that faith to the Lord. It, it might be small. It, it, it might be the, the struggle. But we're going to bring those needs to Him. Trust in His power. Focus on His power. No one believed that He can answer. Here's what took place in these next few verses, 25 to 28. When Jesus saw that the people came running together... Again, Jesus and his disciples coming. The crowd is gathered around. Uh, the father's speaking about his son. They're interacting. And now everybody else is gathering around. He, meaning Jesus, rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, he, the boy, is dead. You want to talk about power? It is Jesus with the spoken word that is bringing about the healing, that is bringing about the restoration of this young boy. Believe that God can answer your need, your cry, your hurt, your prayer. Verse 27, Jesus took him, the boy, 
by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Wouldn't that have been on your minds too? I mean, earlier in the Gospels, Jesus had had set them aside and and basically commissioned them to go out and to minister and to to preach and and to heal. And and no doubt they had done some of that. Now the father brings the boy. There's nine of these disciples there. Peter, James, and John were with Jesus. The other nine were here. And they're saying, why, Jesus? I mean, we've done some of these other things. Why couldn't we do this? Why couldn't we cast it out? Our final thought this morning is this. We must pray and fast. Verse 29, Jesus said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. You ever wonder how many issues or problems or struggles or difficulties or discouragements that we might face that could be solved perhaps by taking them to the Lord? in prayer and fasting. One person said this, godly prayer with fasting releases spiritual breakthrough power. Now understand, this is not forcing or declaring God's hand. This is not saying, okay, if I pray X number of minutes for X number of days in a row, I am forcing, I am guaranteeing that God will answer my prayer. That's not what that's saying. It's not saying, well, if I pray and fast for like one day or, or two days, if I, if I put them both together, then that's just like double, double powerful, and so I'm guaranteed, double dog guaranteed for whatever I pray. It's not saying that, but he's saying that prayer and fasting is definitely essential for our spiritual lives, for our spiritual disciplines, and to intercede on behalf of many of these needs, he's saying prayer and fasting is a key. It is valuable for us in our growth, in our spiritual walk, and in seeing that God will answer many times in relation to seeking in prayer and fasting. So Jesus was saying this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. It's pretty clear Jesus himself had been doing that. He's not going to say something can only be done by prayer and fasting, but then Jesus didn't do it. Jesus is always our pattern, always our example. We certainly see throughout that he had prayed. We certainly see he was tempted in the wilderness as he fasted there for the 40 days. He is our pattern and our example. Jesus had been doing this and was ready for anything that was coming his way. Prayer. Certainly we can, we can go to God in prayer much more than just the, the list of needs. That, that can be a part of our prayer time, right? Bringing needs and bringing requests to God. But, but prayer is that relationship as we share, as we talk, as we speak to God, and also as we hopefully pause and, and listen to hear as he might speak or nudge or encourage us in our prayer time. Fasting is a part of that. 
Fasting is typically going without food or going without food and water, uh, maybe for a portion of time. Some individuals might fast uh, uh, maybe a meal a day. Some people would maybe fast an entire day, not eating any meals that day. Some, some people have done a number of days in a row or uh, lengthy days in a row. Certainly, as we would fast or encourage you to fast, we also encourage you to be wise in some of the physical situations that you are in. For some with some of your health situations, maybe fasting for three days, five days, seven days straight is not a wise thing, but maybe skipping a meal here and there or maybe going without other things and investing that in the time of prayer. Prayer and fasting, it's the act of humility the act of making us dependent upon God. We're demonstrating, God, I can't do this on my own. I am trusting in you. I am focusing on you. I am believing you are able to meet the need. The prayer and fasting, it's not making you do anything. I'm not building up brownie points for you to do anything, God. But I'm indicating my sincere and my earnest desire for you in my life. I'm, I'm growing in that time of Devotion, growing in that time of uh, commitment, growing in some of those disciplines, God, as I trust and focus on you. This father had an incredible mountain to face. And Jesus said, if, if you had faith like that of a mustard seed, you could, you could say to this mountain, be removed, and it would. So what's your mountain this morning? What mountain do you need moved is your mountain that of something physical or that of something financial or that of something relational, emotional, spiritual? What is it that man, you are struggling and wrestling with? Bring those mountains to the Lord. Bring your needs to Jesus. Focus on his power. Believe he is able to answer. And let's add in some prayer and fasting and seeking God for his answer. Stop looking at the mountain and begin looking to and trusting in the mountain mover.